mental health warriors. You are listening to Crafting Mental Health, Episode 5. Hey there, my mental health warrior friends, family, and anybody who's new to my podcast. Welcome to this week's um, episode. Um, If you're new, I hope you enjoy the podcast so far. And if you have any questions, please reach out. Um, You can find me on Facebook. Um, I'm still working on all the other platforms for now, but uh, you can find me on on Facebook. Uh, I have a group called Crafting Mental Health Podcast, and you can can find me there. It's a a public um, group, so you can just join in whenever you feel like it. Uh, and in there you can send me a message if you like you can also email me at crafting mental health podcast at gmail.com so yeah please reach out if you have any questions or even suggestions for what you guys would like to hear on the show or on the podcast or um, questions you would like me to ask every week Uh, for those of you don't know um, I have a question at the end of every episode that I ask and um then the following week, I will answer that question. And sometimes it's hard questions, like really, you got to think about it. Other times, it's just a fun one. Um, so last week's question was, if you could switch um, places with someone for a day, switch lives with someone for a day, who would it be and why? So for me, um, I would like to switch places with Catherine, uh, the Princess of Wales or the Duchess of Wales, um, Prince William's wife. I forget what her official title is, but, um, and, and the reason why I want to switch, you know, places with her for a day is simply just to see what her everyday looks like. Um, you know, how much of real life does she experience in terms of with her kids? How much is she really involved in the everyday life of her kids? She looks like she's very involved and, um, her kids are very well behaved, which, that's kind of probably expected of them, um, but they do look like they are having somewhat of a more normal childhood. But yes, I would like to to see how her everyday life is and how much help she has from from staff. And and you know, does she and William at the end of the day lay on the couch and binge watch something on Netflix? Um, is that on their to do list? You know, of things to do. I'm just curious. If someone can answer that for me, that would be awesome. Um, So yeah, that was last week's question. Um, I loved reading you guys' answers. I really appreciate all the, 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 you know, the participation. I uh, really enjoy it. So with that being said, let's kick off with this week's um, topic, which is PTSD Explained. Um, And so as you guys probably noticed, I have had a couple of episodes now where I'm explaining um, some type of mental health disorder. Um, and I'm going to have a, quite a few more of those where I just explain what it is, you know, because a lot of people may have heard the term, but because they are not struggling with that mental health or they don't know anybody who struggles with it, they may not know what it is or how it impacts a person's life. Um, a lot of the ones that I'm talking about at this point is what I'm going through in my life. So it's, you know, from my personal perspective, my personal um, experience, um, eventually there will be ones that um, I need to do a lot of research with because I don't know it. I've, I've never dealt with it. Um, um, and then, you know, eventually 
as I've mentioned before, I want to um, have interviews with people and ask, you know, for those that has certain mental health issues or dealt, um, experience um, certain mental health problems, um, you know, have interviews with them to see it from their perspective, because how I experience something is completely different than you would. Everybody experiences things different, and and everybody um, has their own opinion, and that's perfectly fine. Um, I want everybody to have their own opinion about things, and we can all live together and have our own opinions. We don't have to share the same opinion to, you know, be under the same roof. You know, that's what we makes us all so special is the fact that we can think for ourselves and have our own opinions and our own thoughts and, you know, and just, you know, talk to each other about it and teach each other. You know, I can explain to you my my point of view and I can still understand your point of view. Um, but I think I'm digressing here a little bit. But um, so, yeah, I just wanted to, you know, say all that. OK, so back on topic. PTSD explained. So a little bit of research that I've done is, um, so apparently about 3.5% of the U.S. population is affected by PTSD in some some time of their life. Um, so it's one in 11 people will be diagnosed with PTSD at some point in their life. Um, and that's kind of, it's kind of sad. It's kind of sad that, that there's so many people that experience PTSD because what causes it is trauma. That's the main thing that causes trauma. Um, it's, you know, PTSD is a psychiatric disorder, um, and it may occur in people who experience or has witnessed a traumatic event. Um, you know, examples of this would be, you know, examples of these traumatic events would be, you know, like a natural disaster or an accident, um, terrorist attacks, war combat, um, rape and sexual assault, um, historical trauma, and then also partner violence or bullying or like domestic violence. So um, yeah, there's a lot of things that, that can cause PTSD. And basically how I explained it to people, um, you know, when you have PTSD, it's um, your whole body experience it. So when you go through this trauma, um, your whole body experienced the trauma and every, every cell in your body experiences it. So, um, PTSD, what happens is years later when, um, you may have dealt, um, dealt with, with the issue that happened to you, you know, let's say it was a, an, an accident, a car accident, you may have dealt, you know, you got better, you got out of the hospital, the car is fixed, everything is great, you know, and, and you're fine, you know, you're driving again. But then every time you get to that in intersection where that car accident happened, you get extremely anxious, and you almost feel like you're back in that same situation that you were. And the reason for that is mentally, you have um, dealt with the accident. However, because every cell in your body has experienced the accident, when you are triggered or when you're back at a place that would trigger you, your body is reliving the moment, the traumatic event. You're, that's why you're, you, you feel numb and you feel um, sweaty and heart chase, uh, racing. Um, 
purely because your whole body is back into that moment where you felt that uh, traumatic event or we experienced that traumatic event. And um, the, that's what PTSD is, really. Um, it's post-traumatic stress disorder. That's what it stands for, for somebody who didn't know. So PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. So it's after the traumatic event, you're still experiencing stress because Every cell in your body is still experiencing that. And you need to find a way to, to treat your, your whole body in order to get past it. And there are treatments that has um, been successful. One, um, that one treatment that I myself have looked into and I want to do at some point is called uh, EMDR. EMDR stands for eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. So basically, it's a treatment that is um, very successful with war veterans who suffer severely with PTSD. And um, from what I understand is once you've um, gone through the treatment, that trauma is, is completely gone you won't be triggered again. Um, so I'm really interested to, to try this treatment out for myself with the PTSD stuff that I'm dealing with. Um, and like I've mentioned in previous um, episodes that I'm going to have interviews with people. Um, I actually have a friend that's gone through EMDR treatment. So I'm, I'm really um, excited for that episode. So stay tuned and um, we will be learning more about, you know, EMDR. Okay, back to PTSD and and what it is. So um, with the symptoms of PTSD, it can be categorized into four different categories. The first one is intrusion. Second is avoidance. Third is alteration in cognitive and mood. And then the fourth one is alteration in arousal and reality. And uh, that was an interesting one for me. Um, I haven't heard that term before. But um, let's look into more detail what each of these are. So the intrusion um, category is where you have intrusive thoughts. Um, You keep repeating the memory of the traumatic event. Um, You may have um, dreams of the event um, or or the trauma that happened, uh, flashbacks. And, you know, especially with war war veterans, the flashbacks can be so real that they... um, that they feel that they are back in the war zone. They almost see everything as it's happening. Like I said before, it's because your whole body experienced that trauma and your whole body, um, every single cell in your body can transport you back to that moment where the traumatic event happened. The second category, the avoidance, Um, basically that is just, you know, you're avoiding the reminders or avoiding people that, um, can cause triggers or, um, avoiding places, activities, you know, you're basically avoiding thinking about what happened or saying that it didn't happen. Um, and unfortunately, until you acknowledge that a traumatic event has happened and you feel it and you sit in it for a while, that's the only way you're going to heal from it. So um, avoiding it, obviously, you know, is not going to help. Yes, it can help for a little while, but eventually 
you know, it's going to cause other problems and, and it's going to, it's going to come out in moments that that's worse than just dealing with it head on. Um, the third category of symptoms are, um, uh, alterations in cognitive and mood. So sometimes you can't, um, you're unable to remember parts of the event, you know, like having temporary amnesia from what happened because the, the, the event has been so traumatic that your brain is trying to protect you from it by not remembering what happened. But again, because your whole body has experienced the, um, the trauma or the event, your body is going to still experience that. Even if your mind doesn't remember, you're going to one day walk into a store and something is going to trigger you and you're not going to understand why. So um, if you've gone through a traumatic experience, whether you can remember everything or not, seek help with a trained counselor to figure out what it is that happened so that you can talk about it and deal with it and, you know, make sure that you are healthy mentally and physically. Um Another thing in the, the third category that um, is you'll have negative to- uh, thoughts um, or negative um, self-talk. Like you're going to say, that, you know, I'm bad. Um, uh, it's my fault if I didn't do this or if I just did that. Especially if you think about rape victims, they, they often feel after the fact, um, if I only did this or if I only did that, um, Or, you know, if I didn't look at him at that way, if I didn't say this or say that, then, you know, this wouldn't have happened. Um, And then, you know, then there's also the feelings of like, you can't trust anyone anymore because, you know, you trusted that one person and and they they hurt you so bad that you just don't want to trust anyone. And that can cause feelings of detachment and you can become um, estranged from people and you can start isolating yourself. And that is not healthy either. And then the fourth category is arousal and reality. And basically what this is, um, it comes out as irritation or anger, anger outburst. Um, you don't understand why you're you know, so irritable or why you're so angry. It doesn't make sense. Um, you behave uh, recklessly. Uh, you can, some people even have um, destructive behavior like um doing things that purposely put them in harm's way. Um, you're, you're easily startled. Um, that is one of the things that I struggle with um, for my PTSD is uh, you can just, you can scare me so easy. It's, it's almost funny sometimes. But yes, that's something that I'm still dealing with. I get startled very easily. And then um, the last one is having trouble concentrating or sleeping. Um, just because of everything that's going on in your mind, in your body. Um, so yeah, those are the four categories that the symptoms fall into. Um, but, you know, talking about the traumatic events, like everybody, like in the days after a traumatic event happens, everybody will experience these things. It's just normal. It's normal to, to you know, um, feel scared, be startled easily, be, have struggle sleeping, um, or have trouble sleeping, struggle with concentration, you know, in the, in the days, you know, following a traumatic event, that is just normal. However, um, to be diagnosed with PTSD, the symptoms must last for more than a month and, um, it must cause significant distress or problems in, in your daily life. Um, and typically with PTSD, the, 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 um, 
and this is just from the research I've done, um, you know, symptoms, and every person is different again. So just remember, just if just because your PTSD don't show up this way doesn't mean that it's not PTSD. It could very well be, and that's why you need to go see a specialist, a, a, a counselor, a doctor that can help you identify if what you're going through is PTSD or not. Um, but symptoms typically start about three months after the event, um, but in some cases, it can be years later. Like um, in some cases, people have experienced something as a toddler and then um, their mind is completely blocked it out. They don't remember anything. And then all of a sudden, in you know, when they're in their 30s, they start getting these flashbacks of things that happen. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, where, where does this come from? And then when they start delving deeper into it, they start unlocking these memories of what happened to them when they were a young child. Um, so with that also, you know, PTSD often occurs with other mental health conditions like depression, substance use, um, memory problems, you know, physical and, and, and health problems, um, anxiety, as the previous episode talked about, you know, um, PTSD often goes hand in hand with those, um, those conditions too. And it just makes sense. You know, if, if you've gone through a traumatic experience, you can start feeling depressed. And again, in some instances, it's normal to feel depressed after a traumatic experience. But again, if these symptoms last for longer than the average person, then that is where you need to start looking like, okay, maybe I need to see a doctor. Maybe I need to get help. Maybe I need to talk to somebody. So I found out that there are four conditions that's related to PTSD. And I'm thinking um, just for the sake of time, I might actually do a part two of PTSD sometime down the line where I talk more about, you know, these four conditions. Um, and just in short, to quickly say what they are, they um, so the four conditions, number one is acute stress disorder. Um, the number two is adjustment disorder. Number three, disinhibited social engagement disorder. Yes, these things are a mouthful, y'all, just to let you know. And then reactive attachment disorder is number four. So yes, I'm uh, really wanting to do a lot more research on those because um, this is something new that I didn't even know that is, um, you know, conditions related to PTSD. So I, I really want to go do some more you know, research on that. And then I will come share my findings with you. So again, stay tuned. So uh, with PTSD, you know, the treatment options that you have, um, just like with um, anxiety, you know, it, it, there's um, several different treatment options that can help before you take medication. Medication isn't always the the, the answer to everything. There are alternative um you know, treatment plans that you can, um, you can, can look into before you, you take uh, medication. Um, so the therapy options that there are is like uh, CBT, the cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, then CPT is cognitive processing therapy. And then there's uh, prolonged exposure therapy, um, trauma focused CBT, and then the EMDR that I mentioned earlier on. Um, and then, you know, something else that like just with anxiety, you know, group therapy is always a great option just because you 
you will realize that you're not alone with what you are going through. You may not have had the same experience that someone else has had, but the PTSD shows itself in the same way. You're struggling with the same thing, struggling with sleep, struggling with, you know, having bad dreams or whatever the case might be, where if you share your story in a group setting, then you might be able to inspire someone else or you might be able to learn from someone else um, what they've gone through. Um, Now, as I said, you know, medication is not always needed or, you know, it's not, I wouldn't say that medication is the first line of defense, but um, in a lot of times or a lot of cases, um, medication is needed just to help a patient to calm down enough to actually be able to face the trauma. Sometimes the, the traumatic experience was so severe that the person need to have some kind of sedative in their system in order to to deal with what happened. And in those instances, medication is very helpful. Um, and again, that's where you would need to partner with your doctor, with your therapist, with a psychiatrist, and you know talk with them about what your options are and how to go about it. You know, all of them are there to help you um, to help you become a better person. And if you are with a doctor that doesn't want to talk about alternative treatment plans and they just want to, you know, force pills down your throat, then you need to go find another doctor that's willing to look at the alternative methods so that, you know, you may only be on the the medication for a little while, um, but that you actively deal with the trauma that you've gone through. Now, some of the alternative treatment options, you know, I've mentioned quite a few, but there's things like acupuncture, there's yoga, there's animal assisted therapy, like, you know, um, there are therapy dogs, um, there's therapy horses that I've, I've seen before. Um, there are different animals that just helps people, you know, to deal with what they're going through. And I've seen how they've used um, dogs, especially um, when they dealing when the therapist is dealing with a child that has experienced a traumatic event, sometimes the child has an easier time to share what happened to them with the dog than with the person, because to them the person may trigger their their PTSD or their anxiety. So therefore, the dog is more friendly to look at or the dog is more friendly to talk to. So and, and just, you know, the dog being there also helps with grounding because you're, you know, you're rubbing the dog and, you know, playing with it. So that's why animal assisted therapy is also a great option. So, yeah, you know, PTSD, you know, just what I just talked about um, is still a very high level of what PTSD is. And, and we can talk for hours on what it is. But um, at the end of the day, if you have gone through a traumatic event or a traumatic experience um, and, and you are reliving it day in and, you know, several all the time, you know, and you're thinking like, you know, I, I might actually have a problem. I, I can't I can't deal with this on my own. You know, reach out to somebody, reach out to people, you know, talk to someone. There is help out there. Um, there's free help, like I've mentioned in the previous episode, that um, somewhere that I've gone to in the past to celebrate recovery, um, and typically the, it's at churches, 
but that has helped me tremendously in the past um, to talk about what I have gone through and to hear other people's stories and to know like, you know what, I'm not alone. You know, what I'm going through is normal. It's okay. It's okay to not be okay today. It's okay to cry today because, you know, other people are going through it too and they understand and they're there to help and they're there to, to offer support and there's no judgment. So if you need someone to talk to, if you need a friend, if you need someone to go out to coffee with and just even just sit there and not be alone, reach out. I would love to come and sit with you and have coffee with you and just have a conversation with you. And, um, you know, because life is hard. The life that we are living every day is hard. There are so much negative things in the world that we are bombarded with every day. Everybody's experiencing some something bad. And the only way we can get through it is with each other. Doing it alone is is not wise. And unfortunately, you know, COVID has, has caused us all to kind of isolate ourselves and I wish that we can get back to where we were before COVID, where we would go and visit each other all the time and do things together and, you know, be able to talk to one another. So, uh, and, and I'm hoping that with this podcast that we can just, even if it's just a few of us, get back to that pre-COVID normality, that would be amazing. Um, so with that being said, you know, the question for this week um, that I'm ending with is what famous person have you met and what was your reaction when you met them? Um, this might also be a fun one to talk about. And um, so, yes, like I said before, guys, if you need to reach out, if you need to talk to someone, please um, call me, text me, find me on on Facebook. Um, I'm, I'm going to start an Instagram page here soon so you can DM me on Instagram Um, But yes, reach out. I would be happy to come and sit with you and talk with you with whatever it is that you're going through. Um, Because I understand and there will be no judgment because we all just need to deal with life together and hold hands and love on each other. And just remember that this too shall pass. And guys, I hope you have a wonderful week and I will talk to you on the next one. Bye.